0: What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? Welcome to another edition of the Steelers Blitz here on your 24 7 home of the Black and Gold, SNR. On today's episode of the Blitz, Arthur Motz and I have plenty to yap about. Uh, we both had some interesting weeks. I was on vacation. Motz played in a celebrity softball tournament. Uh, a lot going on with the Steelers ahead of training camp. We finally have our training camp broadcast schedule, and we will share that with Yins on the show today. But you know where we start. And we got to discuss the newest Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go.
1: Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. What is up what is going on ladies and gentlemen it is moats and euler next two hours right here on snr Steelers blitz and you know it is a crazy one because ladies and gentlemen we have been gone for too long and we have Woo. missed each and every one of you greatly we so did. now that we are both back in the saddle i'm over here with my great hair colleague he's not not good anymore he's great hair because the season is here camp is ready we got the camp schedule. We're not gonna let y'all know just yet. We're gonna tease that. I'll oh, tease it, baby. But but you know, we got the official training camp schedule that we're gonna have to release to y'all mm-hmm. throughout this show. So man, I'm excited. But my friend, how the heck have you been? I feel like Let's I haven't say. seen you in forever, man.
0: What's up, partner? Uh yeah, nine days away. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. It was a nice reset. It was refreshing. I frolicked down in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. I drank a zillion beers. If you're not doing that, what you doing? I, you know, ate like a. Like King. I was still in college again, go. you know, just uh, through the... Through any dietary concerns aside for the week, uh had a had a grand old time, partner. Certainly, and I uh, I missed you, and I saw you were up to some, you know, you have to no good this past week. Oh man, week you know I was,
1: my typical shenanigans. You know I how that you goes, there man.
0: Swinging in the uh, in the celebrity softball event. How yeah, that? Yeah, man, oh, it
1: was a blast, dude. Man, um, actually got some behind the scenes footage, man. I'll be releasing Ooh. soon, but man, it was a blast. Um, anytime, you know, we are able to go over there and. Support a, a, go, a good cause in terms of Cam Hayward's Hayward House, um, being able to partner up with multiple of my former teammates, not just Cam, but mm-hmm. Doran. A lot of people don't know, Doran is the, obviously a pit All-American. He's a lot more known for that locally. But me and Doran, we played together in Buffalo with the Bills. That's that right. was my first That's introduction right. to him. So to be able to, you know, link up with him on this celebrity softball tournament and, man, just have a, a ton of fun with that, it just added to it. But it was good to see – just the mix of older players, younger players, sure. alumni. I mean, Jason Gilden's out there. Mm-hmm. I'm out there. Then you got Pat Frymouth out there. You have guys like Dwayne Haskins. Edmunds I mean, was out there, right? It was just yeah. a great blend, a, a great blend mix. of the different eras. And of, yeah. to be able to see the media people. And even though we know we don't typically talk about the guys at the other stations, I did like the fact that because of that group, you get a chance to put faces with sure. names. So sure. when guys Absolutely. are so quick, you know, because typically we know what other stations, they do like to – Hark on or harp on the negativity, right? That sells for them. But for me, I do feel that, man, when you're able to close that gap a little bit from social media and they interact in person, that could potentially have a little bit better effect than, you know, just hopefully let those guys think a little bit more and be a little bit more understanding instead of just bashing every single time. So for me, I even loved that element of it. Right. Even though that's more sentimental, I still was like, man, this could be, this is really good to see like how it's happening organically like that. man. Yeah,
0: absolutely. People, uh, you know, meeting other people and and, and all in the name of community. Yeah. It looked like you guys, uh, certainly had some
1: fun down there and, uh,
0: Washington. What's the name of that part? Wow, Washington, oh, Washington Wild, Wild Things. Things. Yeah, yeah, man. So Wild this was, that was actually
1: my second time there. Um, I was there initially six almost seven years ago for A B. Remember, he had his uh, celebrity softball game there as well. And that was a pretty big deal, man. But it was great to see. And shout out to the distiller nation, bro. Like, you Looks talk like about man, they showed up That's and awesome. showed out. Dude, we even had a, a a rain. I mean, obviously the rain like came and they kind of cut the event short. We probably what couple innings into this thing couple hours in but the rain cut it short when I tell you these people (laughs) they did not leave they stood out there got rained on waited about 40 minutes for it to stop then we came back out home run derby autographs they were still out there like it was nothing and I'm just like man that's still a nation right there. You know, you love to see you know that, it. man. It just felt good. It felt normal. Yeah. You know? And that sure. was the thing that I really enjoyed, man.
0: Yeah, getting getting that sense of normalcy back, Arthur Motes, I'm sure. Uh, you know, baseball park, couple thousand fans, mm-hmm. uh, everyone screaming and yelling and high-fiving and all that good stuff. Yeah, we we both had some fun over these last few days, for sure.
1: Absolutely, man. It, you Absolutely. know, it's
0: funny. There's, we got the duality on the tweets Uh-oh. already here. oh Here we Hansen. go. Here we go. So Keith tweets and says, it's uh-huh. great to have you guys back. Don't you guys ever go away like that again. <laughs> right? But then Thrash tweets uh-huh. and says, the first time West went on vacation, we lost to Castro and gained Trey Turner. The second time West went on vacation, we lost Devin <laughs> Bush's sanity but gained Melvin Ingram. Uh-oh. In conclusion, send Wes on vacation every week. <laughs> it sounds like you need
1: to be gone, man.
0: <laughs> we got the duality here on the tweets already. You know, Thrash. If you want to send me on vacation every week, I'm, I might be able to. I might be able to work that out. That say, as, long, as long as it's
1: PTO, yeah, we're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh,
0: but we are back in the saddle, Mozi. Yeah, and, and yeah, um, Mark
1: Ingram. Yeah, man. Ooh. No, not Mark. Mark. No, we won't mark. Oh, that's Mark. We want Melvin.
0: <laughs> See, it, yeah. was, it wouldn't be a show back in the saddle if I met if I called Jason Peters Marcus Peters yeah. or Marcus <laughs> Pe- or if I mixed up the Kelsey's, or.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, man, you you can have Mark. I don't want Mark. Mark I,
0: Ingram I, is Houston, right? He signed with the Texans? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melvin. I, I want Melvin.
1: That's the one Gosh, I want we, the, the we edge. Are, we are back, baby. Yeah. So, man, when we first talk about this, for those that don't know, this transpired yesterday um in the afternoon, about four or five o'clock time frame. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers officially signed Melvin Ingram to a one year contract. Now we're waiting to get the numbers in terms of the financial compensation But right now we at least know it's a one year deal We obviously know that the is also signed An additional person that we're going to talk about A little bit later in the show An offensive lineman that has been in the league For a couple of years as well But sticking with Melvin What do we know about Melvin? Number one, he is 30, uh, yeah, excuse me, he's 32 years old, just turned 32 in uh, April. We also know that he's been in the league for, was it nine? I'm gonna say nine Mm -hmm. years now, three of them where he was a pro bowler as well. He's had uh, 10 plus sacks multiple times. And for me, when I talk about 10 plus sacks, I do feel that is what separates. Good edge rushers versus the elite edge rushers. Double digits, baby. Double digits is the fine number. Right? And that is extremely tough to get. But he has done that twice and he's cut the seven threshold multiple times as well. Now last year he dealt with injuries, played seven games, and did not have a sack. But I will say, after watching him on tape, we'll break that down a little bit more, slightly misleading. Yes, okay? I agree. But my his, initial his
0: pressures were still yes. uh, outstanding for mm-hmm. seven games.
1: Absolutely, man. But my initial thoughts on this signing, I absolutely love it. Because regardless of which version of Melvin we get, whether it's 2020 Melvin or 2019 Melvin, that still is a big boost to what we currently had. Yeah. Now, this is what I mean. If it's 2020 version of Melvin, 2020 version of Melvin is going to push Alex Highsmith. If Alex isn't ready to step up, he'll be the starter for 17 games. I don't think that he is going to blow the doors off and be a 10-digit sack guy. We but, hope so. But 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 just based on how he looked last year on tape, yeah. but he still is going to be a quality starter in this league just based on last year. But we know that last year he was not healthy. He played two games at the beginning, missed five, then played a, what five more games than missed the rest of the season. Okay, He, w- he got put on injury reserve twice, the short term and then the official long-term one. But if you cut on the 2019 tape, if he plays like that, Hmm. he will be the starter opposite T.J. Watt. And if he's not, then that means we have one heck of a three-man rotation. Yes, sir. If Alex Highsmith can play to that level, okay? It's not a knock on Alex. I like but we've seen the proven commodity yes. that Melvin is when he is healthy a year removed. We saw him last year unhealthy and still – He's he's more than capable of being a starter. Yes. So to me, when you think about the group as it was currently constructed, when you're looking at the third guy or potentially starter being a Cassius Marsh or Quincy Roche, we know Calvin Bundage is no longer on the team. That made me very nervous, as I continued to express. We
0: talked about it all summer.
1: Continue to express, even in the midst uh, you, of trying to be optimistic. If, if, if you late. were
0: completely optimistic and you were saying TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are going to remain completely healthy, they're both going to play 17 games. And, and, every,
1: and you 90% of the snaps. You like, still had
0: some concerns there. Like, all right, yeah. well, you, you got to have a third guy.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm with you on that, mozi. So for me, man, I, I guess – talk to me, though, man, sure. your perspective – how do you like this signing, man? What do you think it means yeah, to you?
0: I love it because, again, and I know a lot of our listeners right now—they're, they're as we call them in this business, right—they're P ones. They are loyal listeners. You know, they don't just tune in every once in a while. They're, they're rocking with us just about every single day. They can back us up on this. We've been, we've been talking about adding a veteran edge rusher since after the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, since May, um, we talked about Ryan Kerrigan, we talked about Justin Houston, and we, of course, talked about uh, Mark's brother Melvin um <laughs> mozi it it just had to happen and i'm i'm sorry i'd be interested to get your take on this too like a lot of people <clears throat> and uh, i don't know maybe i'm being a little hyperbolic but enough people mm-hmm. uh, certainly a, a sizable amount of, of people kind of voiced some let's say alex highsmith concerns mm-hmm. on social media yesterday when this news broke right okay. that Oh well, the Steelers going out and getting Melvin Ingram, that's a sign that maybe Alex, we're all too high on Alex Highsmith and the Steelers don't believe in him that much. Mozi, I didn't see it that way at all. Like like I, that thought never even crossed my mind to, because two reasons. One, this it's just you need depth at these positions. We know it, we've seen it play out. Uh, you need more than two horses to rush the passer. You just do coming off the edge. And also, it—did it, did you want Alex Highsmith to just be handed the job? My thing, I'm, like, like you know what I mean? Like, really, we. We both love Alex Highsmith. You just hung out with him this past weekend. We both believe in this guy. We think he's going to be one of those next Steelers draft picks that wasn't a high pick, that was a later round guy that ends up having. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: A, easy on the later round guys.
0: That ends up having a later e- productive career.
1: E- e- easy on later round. But what I mean, right? Easy on later round. I guess third round. That's not right. later. Yeah, you. I was, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> like, you. Like you, you know. I take great pride in my later round crew. You not about to throw a third round pick on my late round crew, baby. Fifth or later. Fifth or later. Okay. Fifth that's or later. Fair. I'm not mid-round, hearing that. Okay. Pick. They, they, not, not even mid round. That's that's upper. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> still in the front part. Yeah, <laughs> man. He was a top. He was a top 100 pick, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. Not, wasn't he in the 90s. 90s. I think? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying, man. Come on, but but I'm he with you. Was, I'm following. I'm fine. I just had to get that in there. You know, I take pride in my my late guys.
0: You don't want to hand anybody. You don't want anyone coming into camp thinking. Oh, I, this, this is this mm-hmm. is no brand. Now, T.J. Watt's coming into camp not worried about his starting position. Ben Roethlisberger's coming into camp not worried about his starting
1: position. But those guys not worrying about their starting position. They have bigger things they're worried about. Exactly. T.J., he's trying to be defensive player of the year. Ben, he's trying to get us another Super Bowl. Exactly. And extend his career. Exactly. So that that I will like, say that's the difference with them, too. I'm you, with you, baby.
0: Even someone like <coughs> Devin Bush, Motsi, who probably isn't worried about his his starting role heading into camp, he was a top ten pick mm-hmm. in the draft, you, you, but regardless, I don't care if Highsmith was a first round pick or if he's a third round pick or a undrafted guy. I, I don't think anything. I don't think you want to hand anything to anybody. And yes, Highsmith had a a solid end of the season last year. That's why we are all, I think, rightfully so, so high on this kid, and we have the belief in him. But at the same time, Motzi, competition is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, I'll say this, man. Um, when we get the people that. Go crazy reaction. Oh, that means Alex Highsmith sucks. He's that well, he means good. High, They don't believe in you, you, Highsmith. You know what we, you know, we call that? We call that d- the duality of media business. You got the people that just react, the people that are just going to go, oh, my God, this has to be doomsday, or they're going to go, oh, my God, it's the great thing ever. Yeah. But then you have the guys like us who were more, ba- we're more based on film. We're more based on facts. And the fact is you need a guy. You need a third rusher, regardless of if he's going to be the starter or not, just exactly what you said. But more importantly, when you're talking about Alex Highsmith being a third-round pick, Melvin Ingram was the 18th overall selection. Right. We talk about just athletic ability. We talk about pedigree. Outside of T.J. Watt, who was even a second-round pick in that outside linebacker room right now? So that is why when you talk about a guy like Melvin, regardless of if you think starter or not, what does it mean for Highsmith, this is critical for that yes. position. 100%. If T.J. Watt, God forbid, goes out there and gets hurt week one.
0: Or if Alex Highsmith goes out there and gets hurt.
1: You're looking at Cassius Marsh or Quincy Roche being your starting linebacker for 17 games. Is that really what you want?
0: That is not what I want, Arthur Motes. no. Newslash is not what I want either. Okay?
1: (laughs) But this is why you make that type of move. It's not an Mm. indictment on Alex. It's more so confirming what we had already said when Keith Butler spoke on Cassius Marsh. We, and you and I Rochelle. have been talking
0: about this for, for two, three months now. Yeah.
1: When he spoke on those guys at mini camp, and we and I said to y'all, I was like, bro, he did not sound confident. He didn't even say anything good. He just simply said, one's young and one will hope we get a little bit more <laughs> out of. I'm like, that does not make me feel good. And especially you, my personal relationship with Butts, I know if he likes a guy, he'll talk, he'll about he'll talk guy. positive about the yeah. guy. If he's skeptical, in the least bit, he is not going to put his neck out there for those guys. And when I heard that, I said, okay. They're going to have to make moves. They're, They're going to do serious. something. And for me, man, seeing that they went with Melvin, I really do enjoy because this is one of those low-risk, high-reward signs. 100%. You get a guy that has shown that he can get after the uh, quarterback. 49 sacks, three-time Pro Bowler. He's shown that he can do that. A year removed from seven sacks. Mm-hmm. Two years removed from, what, ten sacks. I mean, we can go down the list of how many times he's produced at a high level. So just because last year he was hurt, that doesn't deter me. That doesn't right, scare I'm, me I'm off. you on that. Hundred percent. That doesn't scare me off at all because I looked and I saw what he looked like at the end of that season a year ago, and yes, for a fact he can yep. get back to that. He for a fact he can get back that. Even last year with no sacks, he still was getting after the quarterback. And honestly, I thought he was a little bit overweight last year. Hmm. Like watching him on tape, he looked like he was a little thicker compared the to off-season, how he, <clears throat>
0: offseason workouts. Right? we know all that it was stuff. the COVID
1: offseason. Sure. It was crazy, but he looks sure. thicker on film last year than he did in nineteen. Nineteen, hmm. he looked very twitchy. Now he still had. Now the thing it that is. I absolutely love about him is Twitch. mentally, like he understands the position. Oh. He knows how to rush. He 100%. understands, like, okay, I might not be as fast to burn you on the edge, mm-hmm. but I can set it up by doing this.
0: He, he is, he's cerebral.
1: Yes, very much. Like that shows in his game. You cut the tape on; it shows, and, man. And,
0: and that's why even Arthur Motes, with only playing seven games last year, with some of the the injury concerns and maybe not coming into the season in the best of shape. He still had the 11th best win rate mm-hmm. amongst pass rushers mm-hmm. in the National Football League. 11th best win rate. Now, Moats and I have talked before, too. Like, y- you want to see the sack numbers, mm-hmm. right?
1: But Sacks are misleading at times.
0: Pressures and QB. Sacks can be misleading at times. Mm-hmm. Pressures and QB hits are just about as important. And and, and even more importantly, too, Motzi, you know— this is a guy that, that they move around to to blitz
1: him as well, too. This is I mean, he plays in a similar role. We've seen Bud. We've seen TJ. Yes. We've seen Jarvis all play that role yes. of the rover. That's yes. when we go three down linemen, and you'll see one of those linebackers just walking around. Typically, it's our edge rusher, right? And we'll use him in different pass rush games. Sometimes he'll drop in coverage. They did that a ton out in L.A. slash San Diego yes, they did. with Melvin, and he was their guy. He could play right. He could play left. He's just as effective rushing on either side. Yes, And that's the thing that you talk about a versatile player, that's huge. Because even if he is just the third rusher, if he's just the third guy, well, now you have a legitimate third guy who can come in here and spell TJ for a couple of plays, Mm -hmm. can get Alex. I've been the third rusher. That's a 30 to 40 snap per game position. At least. At least. Yeah. 30 to 40 snaps per game at least. For him, man, at 32, that also, man. That benefits him largely. That might
0: be ideal. Absolutely, stays fresher, has more when he's mm-hmm. out there, and and let's not kid ourselves too. It's a one year deal for him. Mm-hmm. If he goes out there and has a season where Thank he you. has eight or nine sacks Thank again, you. is part of a really strong defense, he's going to position himself to get a nice you know two three year deal mm-hmm. to, to end his career. If not here in Pittsburgh somewhere, mm-hmm. I moats. I, I I I can't find an angle. I can't find anything to dislike about this. Because even from a salary cap standpoint, they crushed it. Only $4 million against the cap, and they still have room. Like, i if if, if you see, if we're missing something, if there's something not to like about this, I mean, let us know. At Wesley, Euler at the Body 52. The Body. But I just, and, and one more thing too, Motsi. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this. This has been another theme of the offseason albeit more so on the offensive side of the football than the defensive side of the football. Because yeah. the defense still has Hayward and Tewitt and, and Watt and Bents and Hayden and Menka. But this is, a, this is a former team captain. Very this is a guy true. that was a captain in, in, in San Diego slash L.A. for four years. That leadership element is great to have, work.
1: too. He has the, hard, the, the hardware to back that leadership. When you have three Pro Bowls, that solidifies you when you speak that's a different level of command, of respect, and he has that. Mm-hmm. Not only does he have the age in terms of being 32, but when you have the statistical numbers to back it, those Double words, when you, when you, the way you warm up, the way you take care of your body, yep. the younger players watch that. The younger players going to believe that. They're going to say, well, man, hey, that's three-time Pro Bowler.
0: Mm-hmm. He's doing
1: some of the things that TJ does. This makes sense now. I need to do that for certain now. It's not just TJ's a freak. No, no, no. Like, this is the way. So for me, I love it again, man. This is the way. This is perfect, bro. Like I said. He also had over
0: those three Pro Bowl
1: seasons. Mm -hmm. He had over 35 tackles for loss as well, too, to go with his Not only can he rush the passer, he could play the run. Now, I will say this once again. Last year, with the injuries, wasn't as consistent against the run. Sure, sure. That's something that I'm, I'm chalking up to some of the injuries. And obviously, he is getting older. But he still is very strong understands the angles and the leverage element of it when it pertains to playing the run. I do like that a lot. Very physical. Now the thing that I will say in terms of the negative element of him against the run just sometimes because he's a shorter guy, he's 6'2". He yep. So he's not, you know, Bud and T.J. where you're getting 6'3", 6'4". With that sometimes when he sets the edge, he does get a little bit too heavy on the tackle. <clears throat> and what ends up happening is even though it's an edge set, it's not as hard of an edge, and sometimes the ball can't spill out there. Now, he does do a good job of falling off to make the tackle, sure, but it's not as firm and as as uh, stout as it was when you watch Bud Dupree, right? When Bud, it looks like a legit wall. Like, oh, the, the, if these guy's blocking him on the hash, the ball is not going to get outside that hash. With Melvin, at times, it might start on the hash and then a couple of yards out there. Mm. But he'll still make the play. But it's just not as dominant sure, right there. And sure. that's the part of his game where it still needs to get hmm. a little bit more just consistent.
0: I like it. I like it. I love I love the analysis from Arthur Motes. Let's see here. I'm trying to find more advanced statistics here. Um it, you know what? I mean, pretty 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 good in pass coverage too, honestly. hmm I mean, from from as good of an edge rusher as he is, um, like for example, last year quarterbacks only had a fifty percent uh, completion percentage when targeting him. I, I just again, I I don't see anything not to like about this. I, I I really don't. I if like worst case scenario, Motsi he plays ten snaps a game, mm-hmm. and he's and he's a one year rental, and he's a good depth piece, and he's a veteran, and he's he's a leadership guy. That's that's worst case scenario.
1: Worst case. TJ, TJ's, TJ's defensive player of the year. <laughs>
0: yeah. Alex Highsmith is a is a pro bowler, and 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 Ingram plays fifteen or so snaps a game. Yeah. That's worst case scenario.
1: He, he's more than ready. <laughs> yeah. That's all, if if it looks like last year, he's still fine. If we oh. get nineteen, it's special. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Is that simple for me? If it's nineteen, think TJ and Bud. Think that combo. If it's twenty. Tonya looked like towards the end of the year where it was when when it was T.J. and Highsmith, right? Still good, just not elite. That's the difference. But I absolutely love it, man. I think this is a really good move right here. Man. I do
0: too, and you know what, too, Motzi. It continues. This is kind of something that you and I have talked about over that. You know, we're entering. This is going to be our fourth Steelers season together mm-hmm. doing this thing. Doesn't it? It also like it, it just feels a little different. Like the it way does. the Steelers have done yeah. business over the last few years. Feels a little different. We've talked mm-hmm. about more active in free agency, uh, right? From from Ladarius Green and Eric Ebron and Steven Nelson, all those different guys, right? Um, to, to to trading a first-round draft pick from Minka Fitzpatrick, first time not having a first-round pick mm-hmm. since the 60s. Trading up to get Devin Bush their first top-ten pick on defense since Rod Woodson back in 87. Th- this it really does and again we we know the Steelers never look at it as oh our windows coming to a close here and we gotta we gotta load up and we gotta try and win another championship and, and all this the Steelers look at every year mm-hmm. trying to put the team on the field trying to have a roster an organization that can contend for a division title for an AFC championship for a Super Bowl but it, it certainly does feel like Mosey that there is there's there's been some some uh, some pivoting into the 21st century and just some some more aggressive negotiations from Kevin hey Colbert now, and company. Hey, now,
1: what they say, better late than never, baby. And I absolutely second that emotion. Um, the thing that I that I do like is they've been really methodical. They've been really methodical this offseason in terms of how they've went about bringing in certain players um, – but also evaluating the current guys they had. Yeah. They could have made this move in terms of bringing in Melvin before OTAs. We talked about this. We said, remember, you got two free agency periods, right? You got the one that happens before OTAs and the one that happens after mini is finished where you let those guys really show what they can do. Calvin Bunnage being one of those mm-hmm. guys since mm-hmm. he was a person that was released sure. in correspondence with this move. But they could have brought Melvin in ahead of time. But they were methodical in terms of let's see what Alex does. Let's see how TJ looks. Let's see how Cassius does. Let's see how quick Quincy gets up to speed. If those guys get up to speed quick, well, you're not worried about it. Sure. But based on how Keith Butler spoke on the Cassius Marsh and um, and Quincy uh, Roche, it, it was clear that he wasn't comfortable with those guys to that Level just yet. Not saying that that won't happen, sure. But just right now, it's not there, and that's fine. But I do like the fact that they gave those guys the chance, and now they acted accordingly. I would have been highly upset mm-hmm. if we get into the season and they hadn't made this move, and then we get a report and they're like, "Well, you know, we really weren't that confident with those guys. We thought about making moves, but we just never pulled the trigger. Like, why? Why? <laughs> like, no, that, that that's not good ball. Yeah. Like, no. Clearly, we all can see where they struggle at. Yes. Clearly, Melvin excels in some of those same exact areas correct Correct. so that's why you bring a guy like melvin in and when you're able to get him, and like i said at this stage in the free agency the numbers i don't anticipate being more than three to five million tops five is absolutely high end i think it's going to be around that three 3.25 range right but either way it's a low risk high reward signing for a veteran proven edge rusher it answers a position in need. Yeah, veteran it's leadership. It's like the
0: Trey Turner decision, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You're you're not handcuffing yourself mm-hmm. to to a big salary number or yep. to a contract that has a ton of term, right? A three, four, five year deal that might come back to bite you in the last year or two. It's a guy who didn't have his best in 2020. They, mm-hmm. you know, I, Ingram and, and Trey Turner, I'm sure, would admit that. Whether it be for injuries, whether it be uh, pandemic, lack of off season, there, there's all different kinds of stuff that can go into that. Uh, guys are allowed to have down seasons it, it happens in sports quite often um but to get both of those guys still it I mean Trey Turner's still in his 20s that's uh, huge man Melvin Ingram <clears throat> just turned 32. it's it is Motzi. it's 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 leadership it's experience it's pro Bowl pedigree and you're doing all of it um in a very salary cap friendly contract friendly confines that that to me, listen, mozi you, you don't win Super Bowls in July,
1: okay? <laughs> yeah, You could have the greatest draft. You, you, you could lose them in July, I tell you, you that. You can lose them in July. <laughs> okay. You absolutely can yeah. lose them.
0: You absolutely can <laughs> lose them in July. Ask the Rams. Yeah, uh, for, Big, for big yeah. injury to the Rams yeah. uh, coming down the line here this morning. You can definitely lose Super Bowls this time of year. Uh, you can't win them. You know, no matter how good you draft, no matter how good your free agency is, you don't win Super Bowls this time of year. But, mozi I tell you what. I, and I think maybe there's been some of this in the past too where the Steelers have thought about making moves this time of year, adding some depth guys, mm-hmm. you know, jumping into the free agency pool. They've decided against it, mm-hmm. and then the season happens, and then you have some injuries, and then all of a sudden, that group of guys that you can pluck off the street, as we like to say, right? is it, You don't have Melvin Ingram sitting there. You don't have Justin Houston sitting You don't have Trey Turner or Malik Hooker. That same pedigree is gone by that point because Very we'll true. get into training camp and guys are going to get injured and more guys are going to get signed and, and 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 you know X Y and Z as we roll along here and get closer to September. I think this is good business. I think this is smart business,
1: and I'm excited. No, for a fact, man. Good business, smart business. That's what you want, and that's why Kevin Colbert is Kevin Colbert. We've Gold seen him. Jacket guy. We've seen him do this before. Joe Hayden. We saw the impact that that had when he signed Joe Hayden right around this mm-hmm. same time, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this Melvin signing being exactly the same. I think it's going to have a very similar impact. I think this is going to give us a boost in that edge rush that we truly need. So I'm excited about it. But we also had another player get signed in terms Ooh. of offensive tackle Chaz Green. When we get back, we will discuss him as well. But you know, what we got to do. Let us know how you feel, man. Best way to hit us up is on the twitter.com at the body52. The body at Wesley Euler. The good head. Let us know how you feel about Melvin signing. Let us know how you feel about Chaz Green, offensive tackle signing. When we get back, we're going to discuss it. This is Motes and Euler on SNR.